Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to dive into our rapid review of Round 14. Of course, only four games uh, this weekend. And it was by round with a lot of teams having the buy. So we had the Cowboys knocking over the Titans, the Panthers at home beating the Canterbury Bulldogs, Manly Seagulls, a big win over the New Zealand Warriors, and then <coughs> the Canberra Raiders, uh, 22-16 over the Sydney Roosters yesterday afternoon. Uh, so we had every home team win outside of the Cowboys. We're going into Bloke in a Bar Studios very soon to do a deep review of those four games, and I'm sure to talk a heap of Origin footy, so stay tuned for that. It'll be our full match preview of State of Origin Game 1 kicking off on Wednesday night. Just a reminder that on Wednesday night, uh, before the game, we will be at the Locker Room Hotel. So as you get out of the train, you turn right, it's the hotel just there. I believe it's on the corner there. Uh, We'll be there Pretty early, but the show will start at 5 o'clock, I believe. Myself, Timmy Williams uh, from the Supercoach Playbook, from Beers and Break-Evens and from the Monday podcast. We'll be with Kempi talking uh, all things Origin. I think we might do a little mid-season review as well. And then after that, uh, the Hello Sport Boys will be joining Kempi for a couple of giggles after that, leading into Origin 1 for 2023. So make sure you're there at the Locker Room Hotel. I would advise you get there early. Honestly, I would say try and be there around 4 o'clock, if not a little bit earlier. Uh, I think it's going to fill up very, very quickly based on the crowd we had at the DY Hotel earlier in the year. That was on a Thursday night in DY. Hard to get to for a lot of people. Uh, It's now at the Locker Room Hotel where there's already going to be 75 to 80,000 people there that night. So I think it's going to fill up very quickly, so make sure you are there. If you do manage to get in and you get a spot there, uh, make sure you come and say hello, especially if you are a Rugby League Guru podcast listener. Uh, very keen to come and have a beer with you guys and have a yarn with you. So make sure you come and reach out, come find me, and uh, we can have a chat and have a beer. But let's get into our review of round 13. by round. It is now done and dusted, thank God. Uh, the Titans, six, the Cowboys, three. 32. Big win for the North Queensland Cowboys in this one. Look, I thought the Titans started really well as they 
tend to do, unfortunately. It's just the Titans, they're just, as soon as anything goes wrong, they just shit the bed. They started really well. I thought Sexton looked great. He looked composed. Great kicking game early, same as it's been the last few weeks. You know, you had the fullback who was looking good. He, unfortunately, uh, did his hammy, uh, I think, in the, in the second half. Jaden Campbell, that was unfortunate. I thought Brimson, he was looking great. Jared Wallace was looking good. They were on fire early, the Gold Coast Titans. And then Toby Sexton put one kick out on the full, and the House of Cards just completely fell apart as per usual. As soon as they get stuck behind their sticks, it's just about over for the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, look, I've said for a long time, this is going to be a long-term thing from the Titans. It's always going to be this way because of the guys that they let go. Jamal Fogarty in particular, um, he didn't really have a great game for the Canberra Raiders, I didn't think, yesterday. Uh, but you saw just the influence that he had on that team, especially at the back end of the game. And that's what the Titans are desperately missing. Kieran Foran will arrive up there. That will help. But I feel like I'm going to be saying this same sort of thing over the next few weeks for the Gold Coast Titans and probably until the end of the year. I just... I keep thinking that with every one of these losses, they're learning lessons. But then when they come out and do it time and time again, you wonder if they actually are learning lessons um, from all these unfortunate losses. I do feel for Titans fans, fuck, it must be uh, a tough gig for you guys to watch. I do really, really feel for you guys. Uh, But stick with your team. Uh, They will come out the other end. I thought that... The other night really showed the importance of Tino. Uh, him not being there was massive. I just I, and I, I thought they'd struggle through the middle, but as soon as the Cowboys got you know even possession, they started getting the front foot. That's where they really missed Tino, and I would have. I would have loved to have been behind the sticks after they conceded points just to hear what was being said uh, in those huddles and everything because they were just there was just nothing there for the Gold Coast. They just had no fight about them. As soon as the game turned against them a tiny bit, it was just Red Rover, and that seems to be the way um, they're playing at the moment, unfortunately. So hopefully the Tides, they can turn it around, but I'm very, very nervous about them moving forward. I think that'll put them in. I'm just getting the ladder up. I think that'll put them in 14th place, uh, which is disappointing. I had them as a bottom four team uh, at the start of the season anyway, so I'm not overly shocked. I also had the Cowboys, though, to be fair, who look like they're probably going to be a top four team. But yeah, the Titans, they're in 15th place at the moment. So second last, the West Tigers that lost their first five games in a row, uh, they're now in front of them on four and against. So they've obviously had the bye, though, to be fair. But yeah, Titans, very, very disappointing. Canterbury Bulldogs, they've only had two wins. The Titans have only had three. So they'll get a bye in a couple of weeks, which they'll be desperate for. And look, they are missing players for feeder obviously got Tino playing Origin as well so uh, it's it's all not ideal for the Gold Coast Titans but I mean they came into that game the other night with their entire spine, their entire back line essentially so you would definitely expect more out of the Gold Coast Titans uh, and I think we should expect more out of them than what they served up the other night on the other part, on the other side of the ball, the Cowboys, uh, very impressive I thought that was one of Scott Drinkwater's better games uh, we talked him up in Supercoach uh, for the last five or six weeks and he didn't get the top score of the week, he got the second highest score of the week. Joey Manu uh, updated to 130 points. So Manu topped him by 12 points there, which is incredible considering that Joey Manu only had one try assist. He had so many offloads, so many tackle breaks and about 25 runs. An incredible knock from Joey Manu that if he would have scored a try, my God, it could have been anything. Uh, but the Cowboys, very, very impressive performance. Uh, I thought that one guy, and I'm sure we'll talk about him on Bloke in a Bar. Me, me and Denham were talking a lot about him via Texas. Hylam Lukey. Uh, I remember saying last year, and I hadn't seen much of Jeremiah Nano, and I remember saying how much I liked this Lukey, and every Cowboys fan would say, Lukey's good, but wait till you see this Nano, and you guys were on the money with that. Nano is a freak, but... 
don't let it overshadow Hylam Lukey. I really do like this kid. He's got something about him. I think he's got so much potential. He has been overshadowed by Nanai. There's no doubt about that. And so he should have because Nanai has done things that are just unbelievable this season. But this Hylam Lukey, I reckon he's going to be a real talent in the future. So one to definitely keep an eye on. I thought Reese Robson was really good. I was pretty confident that he was going to have a spell during this period and Jake Ramble was going to play nine. I was wrong. A lot of you guys were right on this one, so congratulations to you. I thought he had a really, really good performance, and I think he might have made my team of the week, but you'll hear that a little bit later on today. Another guy I want to mention is Griffin Neem, uh, redheaded front row that comes off the pine there. Very talented kid. He's just got he's got like one to three errors in his game every single week at the moment, which he needs to sort out. He is young. He will learn, uh, but he looks like a really Really talented kid to me. Just needs to get these silly errors out of his game. A lot of loose carries, a lot of penalties every week. Uh, but he's got huge potential moving forward. I'm very, very excited about him. The Cowboys, considering the guys they were missing, obviously uh, Ruben Cotter wasn't there. Uh, Tommy Dearden wasn't there. Val Holmes wasn't there. I mean, they've arguably been three of their most informed players this year. And Ruben Cotter's their 13 and their big momentum guy. Uh, and Tommy Dearden's obviously their halfback. So a tremendous effort to bring Benny Hampton in there, who was good without being great. Uh, um, a great knock by the Cowboys. I thought Taumalolo was an absolute wrecking ball. That's back to the old Taumalolo. Uh, very glad that I held on to him super coach-wise. I think he scored 70 or 80 or something like that. A very, very good performance there. Cowboys too good. Titans very disappointing as a whole. Uh, weirdly consistent, though, to start well, then the kick out in the full, and then they just send it in for the next, you know, 60-odd minutes. Very disappointing. Uh, Friday night footy, we saw the Penrith Panthers at home taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs. Matty Burton returning to Bluebet Stadium for the first time. Uh, our boy making his debut, Kurt Falls. I've uh, spoken about him a lot over the last few months. We spoke about him in the preseason. And we're a little bit worried that we weren't actually going to see him in first grade, to be honest with you. 25, 26 years old. Uh, it probably had passed him a little bit. Uh, but he was given the opportunity the other night, and fuck, he was good. We spoke about how he's not your sort of upside, chip and chase sort of halfback. He's just got a really strong kicking game, and he'll just steer you around the park. And he did that perfectly the other night. Uh, his first kick was an absolute cracker. It was about a metre short of a perfect 40. 20 and then his second kick uh, he kicked it over for the the back rower on the right edge for them to score there Chris Smith uh, a, f- a former Canterbury Bulldog as well so congratulations to Kurt Falls so that was very very impressive and you know he's one of these guys that I, I personally think that some clubs that need a halfback they should probably have a look at him I think he'd be really handy he's a good guy um, don't think he'll be a superstar but I think he could fill a hole at a number of teams uh, I thought Viliami kick out a huge game with the ball in hand he was great scored a try very good um Set up Targo down the sideline. He also came up with a very, very big tackle on Jake Avarillo uh, that, 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 that led to a try as well down the sideline. One of those effort plays that Kikau probably wasn't known for for a long time in the NRL, but he came up with some big ones the other night, and he's consistently coming up with big plays. I thought uh, Burton... Fuck, this kid can play. He is such a talent. It's unfortunate that he's ended up in the system he has. Hopefully, they improve over the next few years. And Matt Burton, he can be the um, the head of the spear there at Canterbury. But some of the stuff he's able to do, that first kick that he put in for Fox was just pin perfect. My worry with Canterbury has always been um, their red zone kicking game. Because the last few years, they've always managed to get up there. But then they don't have enough in attack. And they'd never have someone with a good enough kicking game to be able to land points on the board. But some of the stuff he's been able to do... And the 
combination he's got with Fox uh, has just been incredible. I said it to Denon the other day, or, or, or my mate that I was recording with the other night, Nick, I said, fuck, this might be like the best combo in rugby league considering how many actual opportunities they get to link up because their team is never on the front foot and they just have to find ways. They can't, they've come close a heap of times that have led to forced dropouts as well. Next year, once Kikau jumps over the other side of the fence and they've got him on that left edge, uh, it could be anything to go Burton, Kikau. Not sure who the centre will be come next year, uh, but then Fox out on that edge could be sensational. So hopefully uh, Canterbury, they keep improving. As I said, Matt Burton, I thought he was fantastic. Obviously set up tries off the foot. Uh, also ran a brilliant line to score off a JMK short ball out of dummy half, who I thought had another really good game, Jeremy Marshall King. I think he's going to be a really good signing for the Dolphins. Wayne's obviously got a relationship with his older brother, Benji, uh, and I think he will work some magic with him, and I think he'll be good. So Penrith, uh, too good once again. That New South Wales Cup side, they have been flying down there in reserve grade. They all got a spell last week to get ready for this week, and they did deliver. Uh, they just fell into gear, didn't they? Shout out to Matty Eisenhuth. I thought he was fantastic uh, for the Penrith Panthers, as per usual. I cannot believe he's not a starting player in the NRL. It's probably worth his while being at the Penrith Panthers. It will improve him, but fuck, there's got to be a club out there that could do with a Matty Eisenhuth in their 13 or in their front row. He's such a talented footballer. I think there should be a lot of clubs lining up for this guy. Penrith 30, Canterbury 18. Well done to the Penny Panthers. They march on. Uh, it's a great sign of a good system when you can lose your halves and so many of your talented guys to uh, state of origin and still manage to get Ws against a handy side, Canterbury. I mean, considering, you know, they were obviously missing a couple of guys too. Luke Thompson, Tavita Pango Jr. really hurt uh, losing those guys. But Penrith, they just march on. Abby Curacao, shout out to him too. I thought he was fantastic for Penrith. Jamin Salmon, who came off the bench. Um, Jamin Salmon at Parramatta a few years ago was a halfback 5'8". He then sort of became a centre. Now he's a back rower out there at Penrith. He's just... I reckon he's honestly had a conversation with Ivan and said, what's my best chance to get into this side? And Ivan said, mate, it's probably as a back rower that can come off the bench. And he's just he's just transformed himself, which is great to see. Congratulations to him. Scored one. Was unlucky uh, not to score another one there. So Penrith, good win over the Canterbury Bulldogs. Just what you want to see from Penrith. All right, Saturday night. Manly Seagulls, New Zealand Warriors. Uh, we commentated this one live on the Hijack app, H-Y-J-A-C-K. Uh, we'll be doing another game next week, me and my mate Nick. Uh, so we'll be getting on the beers and watching a game and commentating that one live. Not going exactly play-by-play, play, just sort of having a yarn as we go and enjoying the footy, just a bit of pub chat sort of thing. So if that's your vibe, come and join us. Oh, we did still talk a heap of serious footy, but this game was tough because, I mean, the Warriors were just never in the match. Manly were all over them. It was a, it was a bit of a fucking average game. Let's call it what it is. Uh, so next week, hopefully we get a better game and it'll be a bit more footy focused. But you can listen to that entire commentary. Uh, it's a bit of a giggle. I've got a, a, a lot of positive uh, reviews from it. I downloaded that. I uploaded that. Sorry, not downloaded. Uploaded. Sound like my old man then. Uploaded that on the podcast yesterday. So you can go back and have a listen to that one if you want. Two hours there, a bit of dribble, good footy chat, a couple of good yarns in there as well. But uh, this game here, the New Zealand Warriors, they are just shot. They're just lacking confidence. They're they're, they're burnt bread. I, I thought that 44-12 was, uh, was a bit flattering for the Warriors, to be honest with you. Manly were all over them from the very start. I don't even think Manly played that well, to be honest with you. Manly's also without Turbo, without DCE, um, you know, missing some of their key guys in this side, and 
they still just made the Warriors look silly. You can just tell the Warriors they had not a happy camp. I don't know what on earth is happening over there. They got a five eight who's not going to play next year. He's already announced that. They got a halfback Sean Johnson who is lacking more confidence uh, than I've ever seen. He is just demoralised at the moment. Sj, I don't know what the answer is. If you give him a couple of weeks, it's tough because. The New Zealand Warriors have done such big overs for the NRL and the whole community over the last two years. And, you know, we've been so excited for them to get back to New Zealand. Their fans have been so excited and they're going to arrive as just this shell of what they have been for the last two years. I just felt like the Warriors over the last two years, they just became this resilient footy side, which I've never... Resiliency is never a word I've associated with the Warriors until the last two years. And all of a sudden, now as they're going back home, they get the opportunity to go home and, you know, present Rugby League and the New Zealand Warriors back to the New Zealand people. Uh, you're starting to see that old sort of shit creep back in. But it might be the perfect timing for them to go home. Hopefully they can turn it around. But Nathan Brown, I think he's in some serious curry. And I even think Sean Johnson could be in some trouble there as well. Uh, But enough on the New Zealand Warriors. They were very disappointing. I thought the score was fluttering to them. Uh, But I'm not going to put the boot into them too hard. They have been in a tough knock over the last two years. Uh, But I think that this situation is getting much, much worse before it gets better realistically. Uh, Josh Schuster, he moved to 5'8". He is so talented, this guy. It's unbelievable. He is so big, but so talented at the same time. And look, he's a young guy, uh, so he's still got a lot to learn when it comes to his ball playing. And to be honest with you, from watching him the other night, as talented as he is, I'm not really sure if he's ready for the full-time six jersey just yet. Um, I think he premeditates a lot of what he does. I think that the problem with Schuster, and this will sound crazy, but he's almost too talented for his own good at the moment. Um, so he's trying to do a million things at once. He, he he's not to me. It doesn't look like he's actually watching um, defensive structures. He is just he knows what he's going to do before he gets the ball he premeditates a lot of what he does and he doesn't react to what the defense is doing at the moment he's a bit like Munster the most dangerous you know when he's at his most dangerous when he gets the ball off an offload and he doesn't have any time to think but if you're going to be a ball player in the NRL especially outside DC you're going to have to learn how to play structured and you're going to have to learn to not only how to play structure but how to play reactive footy off the back of structure and this is where I think Schuster lacks a little bit it will come he is young uh, he's got all the best one of the best skill sets in the game to be honest with you um, his size mixed with his skill set his timing is impeccable as well uh, but but I think he is a little bit premeditated at the moment. So it's going to take time for Josh Schuster, but I have no doubt whatsoever he's going to be a star. You would have to assume he will be the six next year. I don't know if they start to maybe give him a bit of time in the 13 jersey this year or if they just take advantage of the origin period without DCE and let him play um, in the six jersey there. But I think that before they make him the full-time six next year, I think he needs to get a few more games there. And, uh, you know, he'll be better for it. He'll sit back. He'll watch the tape this week. Uh, Desi and Ches. I'm sure at some point he'll he'll have a conversation with Ches. If not, he'll have one with Foz where they sit down, they go through his game and talk about different moments and whatnot. So he'll be better for it. Uh, Ruben Garrick, he was obviously a really popular guy in Supercoach this week, did very well, scored two tries late. Um... He almost scored a try earlier in the game that might have been the most ridiculous five minutes of rugby league I have ever fucking seen. Um, he got the ball, I think, from dummy half. He kicked it into Bunty Afoa's shins three times and then came down with the ball, was awarded a try. Uh, I thought from the moment it happened, it was pretty obvious that Wade Egan had granted the ball first. We went upstairs for that. Uh, no try. Then Bunty got sin bin. Then off that, we had the tap where Marty Tapao took it off. Um, ran up. 
got tackled, played the ball, and then the ref awarded a try. And then we spent another five minutes looking at the replay of that to work out if Martin DePower had accidentally scored a try. It was the most rugby uh, – it was really hard. It's hard commentating any games, I, I'm, I'm finding out. We're getting better at it, but it is hard. Commentating that absolute circus of errors was just ridiculous. I could not believe how that played out. I don't know how you award a try when the player plays the ball. It just seems – batshit crazy to me. But that's the sort of game that this was. Uh, other guys that stood out to me, Olukawatu, he is an absolute monster out on that right edge. He was incredible. Um, left the game early. I think he had a bit of a knee injury. I think he's okay. I think it was just precautionary because they were up by so much. But, mate, he was terrorizing uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita and the New Zealand Warriors left edge, really giving them a tough day at the office. That's the sort of footballer he is. He's one of the most damaging guys in our game. And the scariest thing about Olukawatu Kwatu is that he's realised how big and how damaging he is. So, scary, scary stuff there. Uh, Jason Saab, he took an intercept at the back end. He got to show just how quick he is. Uh, he was lightning. He was celebrating from about 40 metres out, and no one, no one was getting anywhere near him. It was pretty incredible to see. I think I saw Roger Farabury, the King of Cadence, put up a thing uh, yesterday, you know, sort of... Uh, I think he was half uh, t- taking the piss out of himself, but it is true. Like, we haven't really seen Saab get into space this year, and to see what he did there was incredible. I know that he's been training with Roger. He trained with Roger in the preseason. That They did a lot of work with each other. Um, so good to see. Jason Saab finally getting in some space and really stretching out. I don't think he even stretched out as much as he could have, to be honest with you. But Manly, 44. Warriors, 12. Big win there for the Seagulls, as expected. New Zealand in some curry. One more guy I want to mention from the Manly Seagulls. Andrew Davey out on the left edge. I thought he had a really good game. Very solid football, Andrew Davey. A late bloomer in the NRL. He's been unlucky with injuries uh, over the last few years, but it's good to see him back and playing some good footy. Uh, big fan of Andrew Davey, so congratulations to him. Marty Tapao, um, I think he sort of sniffed out a bit of a flat track there. Marty hasn't been himself the last few months, but he definitely enjoyed this game the other night, scoring that try and then taking some big runs there. So the Manly Seagulls, they get a win over the Warriors as anticipated. Uh, pretty bang average game though, let's be honest here. All right, Sunday, yesterday afternoon, we had the Sydney Roosters taking on the Canberra Raiders. Uh, the Raiders got up in this one. I've actually got the score written down wrong here, so I might have said that wrong earlier. Apologies if I did. Uh, Raiders winning this one, 22-16. to 16. Um, Canberra what a knock. Very, very impressive. Um, it didn't start overly well, let's be honest here. Jamal Fogarty, he like he kicked for touch. He missed it. It was a bit all over the place. There was a um, Xavier Savage. He had the ball stripped off him. Um, there the, 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 was a bit happening, a bit going against Canberra that you sort of thought, okay, Roosters on a roll here. Satili Chibnua scored a try. He had it taken off him, which was fair. Uh, but yeah, the Raiders, I mean, they didn't dominate this from the start. It, like The Roosters showed up, and I thought the way the Raiders held in for the first 15 minutes or so, uh, and then they managed to get Adam Elliott over for a brilliant try. Uh, a missed tackle from Nat Butcher. Uh, he was expecting a bit of help from his inside, which was the second marker, which was um, Takiyaho, who had a pretty average first half. It was probably the worst half I've seen him play, to be honest with you. Uh, he was called offside, and uh, Vossi mentioned it in the uh, in the commentary. It was similar to the Roosters. Uh, they had a front rower called out of play in the 2003 Grand Final. Um, Kalos, he was called out, and he, he, he sort of let Luke Prittis run past him, and of course, in the pissing rain, Luke Prittis ran straight down the middle of the Chooks got to the fullback Anthony Minicello and drew him past and hit Luke Rooney over I think it was the first try of that grand final so uh, a little flashback there to a Roosters front rower getting called offside and pulling himself out I think you're always better to give away the penalty 
in those situations. Easy in hindsight, though. Uh, Takiyaho threw an offload that was intercepted after that. Um, so he had a pretty poor first half. I'll tell you who had the best first half on the field and possibly one of the best first halves I've seen from before. Joey Tapanay. He was Incredible! I put up his stats on Instagram, so I'm sure you've all seen it, but I'll just read those to you. This was after 31 minutes. 10 runs for 108 metres, 50 post-contact metres, 4 tackle breaks, 2 offloads, and 17 tackles. What a fucking shift. Joey Tapanay was on fire. I brought him into my super coach side this week, uh, and he absolutely brained it for me, which was great to see. Um, I Look, I'll be honest with you, I thought Jamal Fogarty was far from impressive. Um, he, he missed touch at one point. He he straightened up and tried to kick into the in goals at another point. It's always tough when you straighten up to kick into the in goals. Uh, it, it just makes you, you, your depth of kick very hard to get it there. Um, you'd rather be kicking on an angle, putting a bit of curve on the ball. Uh, so, yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with Jamal Foggy, to be honest with you. He'll be better for the run. Uh, I thought his defense was better than last week. To be fair, his defense was awful last week. Uh, but I also didn't think the Roosters were overly impressive there. Their attack would just look like it was in shambles. Joey Manu had an unbelievable game. He was incredible. Might actually get Joey Manu's stats up here to have a read of them because... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It felt like he was everywhere. It felt like he was touching the ball twice every single set, and he was just going on his own. I couldn't believe they just didn't seem to be really getting off the back of him. The, the back of him. He ran for 288 metres, Joey Manu, a sensational effort. 288 metres off 33 runs. 33 runs of the football, according to NRL.com. Incredible. 90 post contact, one line break assist, one try assist. That... um. That tri-assist that he got for Stilly Tupanua early, that was incredible. The amount of tackles he broke. The entire game, he broke 14 tackles, which was just crazy. He was on fire, uh, Joey Manu, and seven offloads. Every time he got tackled, he managed to find an offload. As I said before, updated to 130 on Supercoach, and a an unbelievable knock from Joey Manu. Scary to think what he could do if he was given the fullback jersey f- full-time there. I know he never will unless there's an injury or something to Teddy, but crazy what he could do. I, I, I'm going to throw out the question to you guys and let me know what you think. I mean, I, I look at the way he plays fullback, and he's obviously so damaging. I think he's a better fullback than what he is center. And I, I start to wonder, is he maybe a better 5'8 than he is center as well? Would he be better off being a sort of a roaming six that could just play some eyes up footy and just go at him? I wonder if he's arguably the best center in the world, <coughs> arguably the best center in the world, but if center is maybe his third best position, which is crazy to think about. I thought Hudson Young had a massive game for the Canberra Raiders as well. Uh, a few big plays. There was a big play I had on Terrell May, big front rower coming off the bench, who I think is going to be a star over the next few years. Really got it in his face, forced an error. I thought it was a huge moment in, in this game as well. Sawali in the air, fucking hell. 
They just keep putting them in the right spots for him. I think he had three opportunities. He only scored on one of them. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the time throughout his career, he, if he gets three opportunities, he will score on three of them. He gets so high, it's crazy. The try that he scored, he jumped over Nick Kotrick, and it felt like he was a metre and a half higher than Nick Kotrick. And Nick Kotrick is a big bit of gear, as we know. So Suwali, a freakish player, and I think he's going to take a lot of confidence uh, out of being part of this New South Wales Blues squad. Matty Tomoko scored late. Paul Momoroski defended. Defensively has struggled over the last few weeks. Uh, Tomoko, though, you've got to appreciate just how quick and strong this guy is. He probably doesn't get enough opportunities. I think he should get more ball down there at the Canberra But when he's on, fuck, he, he's a good player and he's going to be a real talent over the next few years. So congratulations uh, to the Canberra Raiders there. They're now sitting in 10th place. Uh, they're on... Uh, Equal points, though, uh, with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who are sitting in eighth place. And if the Canberra Raiders keep going uh, the way they have been going, it could be ending for them. They play the Broncos next week up at Suncorp. That's going to be a big test for them. Then they return back home to take on the Newcastle Knights. Um, and then they play the Dragons at Wynn Stadium, so into their bye. So over the next few weeks, they could... They could potentially... I think they should win two out of those three, and I think there's a world when they win three out of three. And if they do... They could cement themselves in the top eight heading into their bye. And then you would have to think after that, if they just win half their games, they probably play finals footy, the Canberra Raiders. So a brilliant turnaround. I still feel like I'm getting lured into a trap with the Canberra Raiders, but it is becoming weirdly consistent, uh, the sort of football that they're playing. It shouldn't be weirdly consistent, but it kind of is uh, based on the team that we've got to know. Essentially since the 2019 grand final, they've been all over the place, the Canberra Raiders. But a good win by them. Congratulations to the Raiders and their fans. Um, It's been a frustrating couple of years and now you're finally starting to see your team play like the team that we've always known that they are and the team that they should be like so good for them 22 to 16 uh, shout out to Xavier Savage too I've always been a little bit critical of him I don't think he's quite ready for first grade yet I thought that was his best game yesterday and you know he scored that try which was unbelievable for him to pick that up and that was sensational and all that stuff but some of the runs he was taking out of his own end, I thought he was just lethal. And some of the kick returns he had, very, very impressive. He's doing the tough stuff. There was a, there was a moment last week that I spoke about where he came out of his own end holding the ball like a tennis ball and he, and he lost the ball for them. And they were very lucky that the Parramatta Eels didn't score off the back of that. I think Ricky Stewart had a real chat to him there and you could see his ball security was a lot better this week. So Xavier Savage, well done to him. Scored a cracking try. Got some really big plays in that game. Just, just some tough things that... I probably didn't think he had in him. Uh, 21 runs for 203 metres, three tackle breaks, one line break, one line break, sixth, one offload and a try. So well done to him. Uh, and a try assist as well for Xavier Savage. So congratulations to the young bloke. Very good game. I think that was his best game uh, that I've seen so far in first grade. I love seeing young blokes like him who are super confident, have all the high-end plays, rolling their sleeves up and doing the tough stuff out of their own end. So well done to Xavier Savage there. Guys, that will do for our rapid review. Plenty more content coming later today. I'll be joining Timmy Williams and Denim Kemp on the Bloke in a Bar podcast a little bit later today, and there'll be plenty more content coming off the back of that and a bit a bit more stuff coming on the Rugby League Guru podcast. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Whole Foods Market.